Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers! Last time on Dungeon Drunks... The Heralds have arrived in Mirabar. It's the first step on their journey to visit a secret Tempest Temple that will contain a way to destroy the devil amulet that Travancore has. Once completed, the devil says that she will release him and his family from their contract, which is guaranteed that the family rules in peace and prosperity, but causes male heirs to have their souls corrupted by the forces of the Nine Hells. You know, little problem. But first, they must meet with their guide. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren. You might know me as Obocrazy. I have chocolate. Yeah, I have, uh, this is Swiss Miss hot chocolate and a tiny, tiny bit of peppermint schnapps. Just, just, just enough because the last thing you want out of your chocolate is for it to taste too much like peppermint schnapps because peppermint schnapps is one of those things in where a little tiny bit is divine and any more than that tastes like you're it's fake peppermint and it's the worst and it's awful but this is lovely and warm and i'm excited to drink it all bernie what are you drinking well i have a question for you first have hmm. you ever had a peppermint patty shot i have heard of that but no and i do like peppermint patties okay so this is like peak college <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course so i remember when i was in college and definitely able to drink legally, uh, walking down the hall to one of my sorority sister's rooms and they were getting ready to go out and they had already like, they were covered messily in Hershey's syrup. Big old mess. They were doing peppermint patty shots. Now in general, peppermint patty shot, I assume has other things in it, but they had decided to do them as all dumb college kids make these kinds of decisions. They had a chair in the center of the room and you sat in the chair and you leaned your head back and somebody did a shot of peppermint schnapps into your mouth. Somebody also squirted from the bottle Hershey syrup in your mouth and then you close your mouth and you swished around and drank it. This sounds like something that was a dumb idea that somebody who'd already had three of these things had. It was the best dumb idea and it was <laughs> I'm kind of impressed that my drink inspired your story. <laughs> Peppermint patty shot. There you go. Well, what are you drinking, though? <laughs> I'm not. It's like, not. okay, so went to the Lickbo to get fall things. And they had this whole section of little artisanal beers. And I found this one, which looked super cool. Whoa. I'm going to take a picture. It'll be on our... Uh, our thingy, that thingy, stories on Instagram. And it's called, uh, it's Flemish Art of Brewing. And it's called Duchess de Bourgogne. I, I, I know I don't, the kind of French that they speak in Belgium or Flemish. Flemish. Flemish is from Belgium, right? I'm, I'm showing my ignorance. Here we go. <laughs> Wallonia. It's like Walloon is the French-speaking side of Belgium, I think. Yeah, there's like, if you're in Belgium, people speak French. I know that because I know Brussels, people speak French there. Okay, it looks really cool. It's a, It says Duchess. I have 
the Baron Von Coco Snoot. And I thought, let us let the labels guide us. Oh, it smells really good. Mmm. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. I'm trying to figure out what the hell kind of beer this is. Yummy, it sounds like. Biel Fort, which is strong beer. So that's nice. Good to know. Oh my god, this is really good. I don't know. It does kind of taste a little bit like a lambic, but not as like, lambics can go really sweet. And this has like a little tartness. This is a very good fall beer. Hmm. This is so good. Sorry, I'm going to talk about this forever, so I'm going to let you (laughs) (laughs) Well, so we will, we will, you'll have to try that again and have to tell us a little bit more about having some more. But for now, we will move to Carlton. What are you drinking? I'm continuing on my uh, sparkling flavored water. And I'm looking at the pile of cans I have here because I'm a slob and have not cleaned up my desk. Uh, and I have not had this one on the show yet, I don't think. So, Tropical Pineapple. I mean, it sounds good every time you talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no. The, these Dasani sparkling waters are... I'm not a huge fan of a lot of sparkling waters, but they're good. And they're unsweetened. Can I tell you how happy I am for you that you found a, a, a soda or carbonated water that you enjoy? A carbonated what? Water. Water? That, I'm saying it the proper way. Water. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I can also say water. I'm bilingual. It's, it sounds weird <laughs> coming out of your mouth, though. <laughs> All right, Mr. Bilingual Travancore, <laughs> what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is Yards Brewing Company's Pink Sparkling Tart Berry Ale. You'll notice there is a piggy on the label there. In my own headcanon, that's Wilbur, and Charlotte wrote the, the letters pink there, the Y there specifically. I've never had this before. My wife tried it already. Um, she did not make a, a encouraging face, but we earned her a different taste, so I'm, I might like this. Let's, let's see. I mean, it's cute no matter what. You know, it's tart, but there's not any sweetness in it, really. It's really, it's got this kind of, like, sour bite to it, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's definitely out of season. I think if it were summer, I would enjoy this a lot more, but, but I need something decidedly more autumnal. Still, not bad. All right. I mean, not bad is not the worst, especially when you're trying stuff out. Yeah, exactly. I just get the mix and match from my local, uh, you know, beer place. And, uh, you know, sometimes you uh, sometimes you win. Sometimes sometimes you roll a one. Sometimes you roll a 20. There you go. Well, I have no transition for that. Jonathan, (laughs) what are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan and I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular. And tonight I'm having what has been hanging out in my fridge for a long time. And I'm finally getting around to, it is an Ace Joker hard cider, and it is, uh, if I recall, super dry. Not great, but because it's only got like uh, three grams of sugar, you get what you get. So let's taste it, see how we're doing here. Yep, dry, not that flavorful, but I mean, it's uh, it's a low sugar hard cider, so what can you say? Yeah, you're going to end up with something dry, but that's, yeah. that's okay. Some, sometimes you just, it's close enough for jazz, and that's it's all, all right. Need. And it's been sitting in my fridge for forever, so finally getting it out of there. And tonight's fr- shot of fireball to be consumed at the first casting of fireball or the equivalent spell thereof is not a shot of fireball because I don't have any fireball in the house. So instead, it is a swig of vodka. <laughs> and tonight's swig of vodka to be consumed at the first casting of fireball or the equivalent spell thereof is dedicated to a new patron. Uh, we welcome Christopher Waterston into Yay! our patron family. Yay! Thank you, Christopher. Yay. Thank you, Christopher, for your support. And uh, this swig of vodka <laughs> is for you. At least it's Tito's. Yeah. <laughs> At least it's decent vodka. So that's good. All right. With all of that out of the way, let me take you someplace very, 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 very cold. 
which is apropos is we're, we're finally getting into the cold weather here in real life. And so we might as well enjoy the cold weather in Faerun because Mirabar is in the spine of the world, which is pretty much one of the most northern places you can go. You can't go much more north, although apparently all of you are going more north. Some of you are familiar with this kind of biting cold. Bernie has some experience. Jonathan has some experience. But it's been a little while. And you've been far south for a while. And so as you've stepped outside and you've been asking directions and trying to get some information about this city that none of you have really been in, the thick snow is blanketed everywhere. And every time the wind whips down the city streets, it hurts. It's painful. It's that kind of cold that when you breathe in, your lungs are unhappy. And it's a odd feeling to have a part of your body yeah i mean some of us are more familiar with this cold in real life than others but it is still jarring even if you're used to it so you have arrived at the city of mirabar it is an impressive sized city it is a little more fortress-like than Waterdeep ever was, but the streets are wide and the people who are rushing around, it seems to be a mixture of humans and dwarves. They are, even the ones that are obviously locals acclimated to the area are not dawdling because the, the sun is getting ready to set and you have a pretty good idea that it's it's going to just get even worse when the sun goes down. You have some basic idea of where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do, but what would you like to do? I think we want to find there's a tavern. The, the Golden I, Sword Inn. The yeah. Golden Sword Inn. We want to find the Golden Sword Inn, and someone here wrote down that password, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I got it. We're in from Waterdeep. We want to see an axe of Mirabar. Yeah, we want to see the axe of Mirabar in action. Yeah, and then we want to guide to the northern wall, and we want to stay the night. And Carissa Kinnebrow. Yeah, Kinnebrow. I feel like, the, like this, like chicken scratch note that I wrote is very like on brand for Carlton. Like John, the player should have done better, <laughs> but it's like Carlton. It feels like Carlton was like, oh, wait, what'd you say? And like writing it down in my mind, and then like all shorthand. Want to see axe of Mbar. Guide in North Wall, stay night. <laughs> but it's interesting because it's enough of a chicken scratch that then when you read it out, everybody else remembers. So it's yeah. it works. But we also have a, a wizard with perfect recall. Yeah, yeah. Yo, yeah. This is true. Who also wrote it down, apparently. I was checking my notes. We did it right. All right. Jonathan the Magimuscular, as Carlton is like rattling it off, he's like, oh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is impressed. You actually got it. Yeah. You did good, Carlton. Are you looking to head directly to this inn, find out where it is, and, and go there? Or did you want to do anything else before you arrived? No, let's just go there. Yeah, yeah. let's go there, because it's pretty cold. All right. And Jonathan the Magimuscular, is, he's got his heavy coat on, but he's still shivering. And he's like, Jonathan the Magimuscular, it's fucking cold. Fuck! Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> I, John, oh, you're from a warm place, right? Well, I went to school in Neverwinter, and so it got cold uh, sort of there, but fuck! It's yeah. so cold, it's not fucking cold, it's fucking cold! Fuck! Okay. Oh my gosh, your use froze. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was really good, actually. That was such yeah. a dad joke, though. <laughs> uh, Bernie is going to do a 
perception check to see if she can find someone that looks like they're the somebody somebody that looks nice and like they'll give us directions. Sure, give me a perception check. Well, that's a seven. <laughs> okay. Nobody looks mean and nobody looks angry. Like you ran into that first person, but you got the sense that maybe just the approach was wrong there. Everybody just looks very, it's as Jonathan would say, fucking cold. And they're getting on with their business. They're bundled. And so no one's giving off an air of arrogance or anger but nobody looks approachable because everybody is moving with speed so in which case she's going to look around and go uh, 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 and start looking for someone moving slow okay so you wander the streets for like seven ten minutes not not terribly long kind of around the block looking for somewhere a little more populated the church that you've come out of is very small. It doesn't seem to be in any kind of religious district. So there's not like other churches around. And so you do a little bit of wandering until you end up where it looks like there's a couple of shops. And here you find some more people. You don't see anyone directly on the street who is not moving quickly because cold but you do see there there is um there's an alehouse nearby it is not the inn that you're looking for but there's an alehouse nearby and just as you kind of all round the corner bernie you spot a older couple looks like older pair of dwarves who are just now coming out of this alehouse they're still kind of adjusting scarves and adjusting the the coat. And um, one of the the gentlemen is helping the other get his beard in order because it looks like it got a little bit frizzy, maybe got some ale in it or something. And they're just kind of like doing some final bits of, of tucking and prepping for the cold before they leave. Uh, Bernie's going to put on her best Hello Fellow short, short species vibe. Okay. <laughs> and she's going to kind of move a little bit ahead of the group so that, uh, and she's going to go through, the, um, hi, excuse me, I'm really sorry to bother you. We're looking for the Golden Sword Inn. Do you, do you know where that is? Oh, give me a second. And he rolls really well. <laughs> There's like this brief moment of, well, let me think about this for a second. And then one of the two dwarves says, oh, yeah, yeah, no, nah, I've been there before. It's like, it's not that far. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy. It's the, there's the, it's all big major streets. Uh, it's on Highgate Avenue. You're going to go down that way. It's in the Civic Ward. It's pretty quiet. It's a nice, nice place. Nice inn. You oh. did, you got some good taste there. Oh, thank you. It was um, a recommendation from a local. But ah, that makes sense. And you know, it's cold. It's worth spending the money, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to stay out here too long. It's uh, it's the worst. It's And it's only going to get worse when the sun goes down. All right. Yeah. I think so, I got you. So Hi Highgate Street and we're going and Bernie points north, south, east. Which way did he point? Pointing north and he'll spend 10 seconds and give you like a take a left here, take a right there, give you some very basic directions. It sounds like it's pretty easy. And he gives you those basic directions and then turns to his companion and says, next time, don't get so much ale in your beard. All right, come on, let's let's go. Was that what you needed? Did you yes. need anything else? Oh, no, thank you so much. And you know, if we happen to meet up with you guys uh, again, I'd be glad to buy you a drink. Ah, well, 
that place is a little out of our price range, but we appreciate the offer. That's kind of nice. So uh, get out of the cold, though. Just, if you're not from around here, it'll, it'll freeze your tits off. Come on, let's go, let's go. And the two of them kind of hobble down the street. Brandy goes, oh, bye. bye. And they, they wave. And they, they head off. Now done with their tucking and prep, even though these... Dwarves, you know, live a very long time. And so if they start to show age, they're kind of like elves in where you're talking hundreds of years or talking, oh, they must be quite old. And so even though these two come across as the grandfatherly type, as soon as they get going, they're like everybody else on the street. There's no dawdle. So it looks like you caught them at just the right time. Uh, Bernie's going to say, okay, guys, I'm cold, also hungry and um, tired. So shall we, uh, shall we to Highgate Street? Yep. Yes. See. Okay. <laughs> we have consensus. Consensus. That's not right. one of the seven languages I speak. You head to the Golden Sword. The directions steer you correctly, and you find yourself on a street that is a little more uh, varied in cultures than the first couple of places that you've been. Most of who you've seen so far have been humans and dwarves. And now here on Highgate Avenue, this seems to be a little bit more of uh, the varied group of people. You start to see elves. You start to see a couple of tieflings, all of them once again bundled and not not going uh, slowly anywhere the golden sword itself looks like an impressively sized inn gestock's golden rock tavern is comfy and homey but would be petite by comparison this thing is easily three stories and it's got this grand timber and brick facade on the front with a slate roof and these really steep but in fact most of the buildings around here have very very steep roofs because of all of the snow and the sign out front is impeccably painted several of you have some artistic aspirations bernie's got markers yeah well you've got paints and travancore has been drawing and like you've all been dabbling in this and you can tell this was a, a master artisan that painted what is essentially a very simple sign it is a sword made of gold it says the golden sword but it is almost lifelike in its painting and it's right there do you all just walk on in yeah i think yeah. so yeah we're like jonathan the magic muscular just like <laughs> yeah. he's trying to heat his hands but he's not trying to set his clothes on fire and it's a delicate balance <laughs> Travancore was 30 seconds away from Wild Champion to a yak, but he felt bad for- The only reason he held back as long as he did is because he felt bad for his friends who don't have that luxury. I kind of now wish I had taken 30 more seconds to describe this place you would turn into a yak. I Too late! I know. Uh, <laughs> the DM will remember yaks for later. Jonathan, I'm, I'm gonna say, you're, you're a, an adept enough mage that I'm not gonna make you roll an arcana check, but there's a moment- there is the briefest of moments where you almost set your pocket on fire. <laughs> it almost happens. Mostly it's it's like that last gust of wind that manages to get under your coat. Dude. Like just enough. And you're like, oh, and yeah, there's a moment. But only the DM knows about that unless you want to say something. And you walk on in to the Golden Sword, which is as impressive in its interior as it is in its exterior. The main entrance is flanked on either side several feet away by 
huge fireplaces that are warming this gigantic open space. There is plenty of tables of multiple sizes from single and double tops all the way up to giant booths for what look like parties of 20. There is a stage in the far corner that is currently unoccupied, but is there. And the bar runs down basically the entire length of the back wall. And between where the bar ends and the stage is, is a grand staircase leading up to what you can only assume is the second floor. It is very well populated. It's not hopping. It's, it's, Despite its grandeur and despite how large the space is, it does kind of feel like family restaurant style when you walk in. The people that are all here seem content. There's, It's not ruffians, but it's also not like locals pounding away on the bar. This, There's no children, but this does feel like a very homey atmosphere. And you do see there's a couple of waiters and waitresses kind of moving between people and two or three people behind the bar. And it is very comfy in here. Jonathan the Metamuscular kind of like undoes his coat and it's like, ha, ah, and snaps his fingers and Bucks appears from the pocket dimension. Oh, this is nice. <laughs> Bucks grabs the last like of the, the cold out from outside as the door closes and you feel his feathers... <laughs> A little bit ruffle. <laughs> you know, I love Gestock and all, but this place has got it going on. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is nice. Bernie's gonna look down at Coco Snoodle. Coco Snoodle obediently wipes his feet. You, and and there is a very large, larger than the door itself, mat specifically for this. I mean, everyone's gonna be walking in with boots, so. Bernie looks up at Carlton and goes, wipe your feet. What? Wipe your feet. Oh. And I just, like, start wiping my foot, like, and it's, like, haphazardly, like, on the edge, and, like, a little bit dark gets off to the side. Jonathan the Match Muscular is prestidigitating his own feet, and it's like, oh, let me get you that, bro. And he prestidigitates your foot. He'll never oh. learn if you keep using magic. I know, but he's, look at him, he's struggling so much. But I'm cute. Some days. Travancore, once he wipes himself off and everything on the mat, he's going to walk over to the uh, the bar. Okay. Do you want Shadow to follow you? Uh, yeah. Actually, I do. Okay. Uh, roll a perception check. Bernie's like, her opinion is Shadow shouldn't be in here. She's just kind of like, no, we can't. He's probably not. 19. So, Travancore, you have been many places with Shadow. You have gone in and around and under and through places that like Bernie says, you probably shouldn't bring a large black bear, especially an armored large black bear. And so you've grown very accustomed to reading the reactions of people around you so that you can adjust Shadow's trajectory and demeanor as necessary. And you do very quickly notice that while people look up and regard the group of you, it is with mild curiosity and almost no surprise. and. They're pretty nonchalant about going back to whatever they were doing. Huh. Well, that's not what I expected. Yeah. It's a hell of a room read. Well, the 19, that's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> you All walk right. up to the bar? Up to the bar. I'm going to ask, uh, hey, is the innkeeper in? The woman behind the bar that you approach says, she's around. Uh, did you want to speak speak to Kunda? Is that who you're looking for? Yes. All right. 
Uh, it's gonna be a minute. Why don't you go have a seat? Get some, get something to drink. I think she's in the middle of something. Yeah, no worries. Ales for everyone. Jonathan the Magic Muscular is feeling generous. I would huh. like a white wine. Ales for most <laughs> white wine for the cleric. For the small one. I, I wasn't gonna judge her on size. I was just, ju- I'm judging her on power. Oh, thanks but for the solid good brother. And I like, but but do we want people knowing that we're what we are? Like, aren't we supposed to be? Aren't we supposed to be nondescript? Jonathan the Magimuscular looks down at at uh, Bernie with His armor her, is emblazoned and holy symbol, and he does that Will Smith, you know, look at this, like. <laughs> but we, we were, we were just supposed like to be both arms, you know, cocked hip, bam. But but we were supposed to be incognito, bro. Yeah, as Carlton has also has a giant shield, a sword. I th- we are we are adventurers, godpawns, fate changers. We're in a bar. We're in a tavern. This is our natural environment. Yeah, this is sort of like a natural habitat type of thing. Carl, I think we're fine, Carlton. Just don't go we're, we we are we are hiding in plain sight, as they say. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay, okay. <laughs> Okay, okay. It's at this point okay. as you're all whispering okay. okay, okay, okay to each other that one of the the waitresses comes up to take your order and uh, she wants to know if you want any food. Are you getting drinks? What do you want? Oh, I want food. Oh, yeah. Uh, soup and bread, great. please. Okay. Well, um, we don't really have any soup on the menu. Stew? Uh, well, we've got some stewed shrimp and blue cheese, if you're looking. Excellent. We'll have that. Sounds good. Actually. Okay, uh, we've got that. I've got a little bit of baked deer left. Uh, How there's did some... you get shrimp all the way up here? That has to be quite the import. It doesn't come very often, but once it gets cold, it keeps pretty well. We get them in from the from the coast. Jonathan, roll a history check. Got it. Uh, 17. Your history with ships and trade up along and down the Sword Coast, you realize in this moment, as she says that, that no, Mirabar is well off the coast, but because of the fact that they do a lot of mining and um, for gemstones and precious minerals and all of that, they do a lot of exporting and they actually contract with a lot of the shipyards just along the coast. And so travel between these shipyards and Mirabar is pretty common. You you hear a lot of ships who are who will say that they are delivering to Mirabar even though they are ocean faring ships going somewhere north on the sword coast so you're actually fairly familiar with that idea and bernie the the waitress looks back at you and says it will have been frozen so it's not the the freshest thing that we've got on the menu if you're looking for something fresh uh, as i said we've got the the braised hair we've got a baked deer with sugar and soft cheese i've uh, got some uh, boiled eggs and dried artichoke if you're looking for something not so meaty oh no we no no we don't i some do but <laughs> not us I, the, uh, the deer, can I have one for me and then one a little more rare without the dairy for, for the dog? Oh, yeah, we've, we've got, uh, companion meals, I was assuming for, for your dog and your bear and, uh, did your owl want something? I think to Bucks and ask if he's hungry from his, uh, from his time in the pocket dimension. And Bucks? How do I explain this? You get the sense that the time in the pocket dimension, it's... He wasn't there long. Oh, buddy, I hate sending you there. Um, okay, so he's not... He, it's like, buddy, uh, you feeling like eating something? He could eat. Okay, uh, yes. 
L- t- tiny nibbles for the owl, please. He all is right. a raptor, after all. A vicious, a vicious killer, you know. He tries. Jo- Jonathan the Magimuscular says that, you know, not really, just absentmindedly forgetting of his most recent kill. <laughs> and the fact that he is a tiny, tiny, tiny little pygmy owl. Was there anything else you wanted to order? She's going to take all of your orders. Yep. Yeah. Uh, can I have the tasting menu? Uh, we don't have one of those. I'm sorry. Right. Like just one of everything. Like I want to taste a little bit of everything. Prices well, you can Carl- order one. That's not a tasting. It's you can order one of everything. Carlton, just order what we haven't ordered, and then I, we will let you. We will share with you, Carlton. Oh no, point. I won't share. I remember <laughs> the last time we shared, and that did not work out well. That's never. Some of us will share with you. <laughs> um, we also don't share, and she kind of does the gesture. I'll have everything they haven't ordered, plus one of everything they did order. Okay, that's everything. He's happy. That's literally everything. everything. Okay, all right, that's fine. I get the idea. Julia is excited for role playing how we're going to wash dishes to pay for all this. Yeah. Julia knows how prices go up in northern cities. Travancore, was there anything you wanted to order extra? Yeah, I'll do baked deer, like a, a portion and a half, because I'm planning, in addition to Tra- uh, Shadow's like companion meal, he's going to sneak him a little bit of uh, baked deer, because that actually sounded really interesting. Okay. And I'd like to change my white wine to a red if you've got. Ooh. Uh, we do. It's not the the best, but we've got some. Do you do a sampler for beers and, and ales? Like a little bit of everything? At the moment, the only thing that we've got is um, we've got bitters. So we wouldn't really do a sampler of that. Maybe something during the summer. Ah, We've yeah, also got some fair. brandy or some rum. I'll take some rum, actually. That sounds lovely. Uh, food simulator here on Dungeons. Yeah, <laughs> we're George R. R. Martining this shit. Definitely. That's okay. I, I want to hear all of the juicy noises as you're eating your food. Okay, so she takes your order and she lets you know it's going to be, it, it'll take a little bit because it's a sizable order. Um, and she Yeah, leaves. I'd say so. If you want to bring it out as it as it gets ready, that's fine. Bring it out. That's good yeah. to know. Uh, she does. I, she I does. look nonchalantly when she's like, "Yeah, I would say so." I kind of just like stare off into the ceiling, like do 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 do. And Jonathan, <laughs> the magic muscular, is going to slip her ten gold just as a kind of like kind of down payment. Keep it coming. <laughs> okay. Um, she will take it. She she doesn't try to hide it. She looks slightly confused and then says, "We usually get a payment at the end. Were you worried about something?" We're sorry. No, I was just ordering a lot of stuff, and we don't want to come off like assholes. We're strangers here, so so Jonathan the Magimuscular is just ensuring that you know there is good, there is good faith here. You don't know us, so and, and this is a fine establishment. So we are just we are buying good faith. Bernie looks at Carlton, and then looks at the waitress, and then looks at Carlton, and, and looks at the waitress and goes, "We're sorry in advance." She's gonna roll an insight on that. Oh, <laughs> she was about to say something else. Uh, she takes a very long look at Carlton and says, all right, well, if you insist, okay. And she walks away. Uh, your drinks come fairly quickly. The food, there's like 20 minutes before anything happens. And then like the first round of food comes out because Carlton's getting like four rounds of food. And it is delicious. It is a simplistic presentation, but it is f- as fresh and delicious as you probably think the price is going to be. Three Azamar and a Tiefling are sent to a strange new world on a divine mission. 
Trouble is, when they arrive, none of them can remember what the mission is, and only one of them has any interest in the god that sent them. Join Briathos, Bizdira, Kit, Flick, and DM Jazzy Hands as they play matchmaker with kobolds, assassinate Yuan-Ti political figures, and completely, if accidentally, disrupt the delicate equilibrium of the world they found themselves in. Reviewers call it a patchwork of beautiful storytelling, immersive roleplay, and a healthy sprinkling of humorous banter. The Last Refuge is a weekly D&D actual play podcast set in a completely original world. Check us out at dndlastrefuge.com. Happy gaming, y'all. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official, free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game available on PC and Mac on Steam and Web, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, iPad, iPhone, and on all the Android devices. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the podcast, and it is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from the Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Force Grey, and more. It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have, And speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folk who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now this code expires on November 24th, 2019 at 8pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. S-O-O-M-U-P-B-Y-S-I-E-S So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. As you're in the middle of eating, I'd love everyone to roll a perception check. Just the four of you, no animal companions. Oh, good. So we're slowly improving by increments of two. At least it's going up, right? What'd you get? Yeah, a nine. 16 for Travancore. Thank God someone's rolling well. And Carlton and Jonathan. Oh, let me. Uh, that, that so some of us do roll well at these, uh, and that's a twenty-three. Oh, good. Oh, good. Uh, let's see. Perception is going to be an eleven. Eleven. Okay. Eleven. Carlton, you're kind of keeping an eye out for your next round, and so your head is up and looking around. And Travancore, you're just still reading the room. You're still keeping an eye on Shadow. You're. There's probably something in the back of your head that's kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. So the both of you are keeping a a much keener eye amongst the crowd. And you notice over the next 20 minutes, as some people come and go, as the crowd kind of changes, changes over into new people, you both notice, once again, no families. It's all adults which wouldn't necessarily be odd in especially in a swanky establishment like this but you start to also notice that these all seem to be a variety of humans dwarves a variety of races all bundled up but you can tell these are all people who are armed or adept at something or could be in a similar line of work as you Interesting. Yeah, I think we're we're in like company. You're definitely the most flashy of everybody, but I go, hey, uh, hey, JMM, hey, JMM, hey, Jonathan. Yo, any uh, chance we can, uh, while we're waiting for our food, get a little uh, tailbond action? Oh, uh, absolutely. You know, Jonathan the Magimuscular is like peeping in, a you know, some some red. Um, absolutely. Hang on, and he's gonna start 
<laughs> and he Jonathan, starts roiling his hands and what? About a minute into your casting, the waitress comes back over and says, apologetically, I'm sorry, we prefer there's no open spell casting. Oh, I am so sorry. And, uh, and we've had some bad experiences. We, we don't outright have a sign or anything, so I don't blame you, but we try to keep that to a minimum. No problemo. Um, Jonathan the Magimuscular, though, is gonna. Uh, oh, I, I am so sorry about that. That is fine. How big is the room? Uh, it's very large. It is 75 feet long, maybe even more the other way. Are, I mean, are we next to a wall? Not at the moment, no. You're, okay. you're, you're like a. You're not against the wall. You're maybe like a table away. You're at a standing table in, towards the center of the room, but you're. You know, 30 feet away from a wall, 35, you're not, like, distance. Right. Okay. So uh, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He looks around the room, kind of, like, doing doing quick math and just kind of, like, trying to figure out if he could cast this outside and still get everyone, but figures he can't. And is like, uh, sorry, sorry, bro, did not happening. All right, apparently. in that case, I'll, like, there's, like, napkins and stuff, like, right? You just do this low tech. Yeah, uh, so I I, I, gra- I reach into my bag and I grab a Bernie Bernie colored pencil, and I pull up one of Bernie's like colored pencils that she has, <laughs> and then I get on that and I'm like, people are armed, and I slide it to like upside down so that you can't read what it says to the center of the table. So are so are we. Jonathan the Magic Musk is like, oh. Bernie kind of reads it, and she kind of, like, looks around, I guess, for the first time. I don't know if you want me to do another perception check, but I think she's going to look around to see, like, there's people who are armed and who are looking for trouble, and then there's people like us who are just armed when we walk into places. So yeah. I feel like she'd want to look around and see if she can tell the difference. I'm not going to make you roll because someone's pointed it out, and it is not hidden. I would say there's actually three groups of people. There's people who are armed looking for trouble. There's people who are armed because... Most people in town are armed because this is a dangerous world. So they're armed and maybe they're guards or they're, you know, they are professionals. And then there's people like you who are not looking for trouble, but who are armed. And now that it's pointed out to you, you think the vast majority of the people who are patrons in this establishment are at least of the professional variety and maybe one or two, especially especially since Bernie, as a fellow spellcaster, you you can kind of read those signs. You see some other spellcasters, and you see some other indications that they're you are not the only professionals in this room. Uh, Bernie's gonna look at the napkin, and she's gonna kind of say, "She's like, Carlton, I think we're fine. I, you notice we walk in everywhere we go, arms." Right, but I don't know. Something just felt different. I, it's different because it's not what we're... It is different, Carlton. Like, this isn't the... We're usually... <sighs> Carlton, you're used to being the most powerful person in the room. No, I am. I I don't know that you are. No, no, I'm pretty sure I am. Okay. Um, We'll talk about humility another <laughs> time, but... Not everybody holding a weapon is an act of aggression. You walking around isn't an act of aggression, Carlton, and most people actually don't read it that way. It would be really unfair to not offer that to other people who are probably more like you. That's true. I'm just saying we're 
some people may be looking for trouble, others may not. We, sh- you know, yeah, the way that they're Carl- hidden in their coats kind of threw me off a little bit. And Bernie looks down at 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 the fact that she still has a cloak on over over Kevin, and she's like pointedly looking, and she goes, "Okay, Carlton, how about we practice this tonight? Don't start no shit, won't be no shit." Be respectful to the other patrons of the establishment who are just trying to have dinner. All right. But if shit does break down, I won't say I told you so. Oh, you better not. Especially if you are the cause of that breakdown. As Bernie glares at Carlton, a a different woman walks on over to your table. Most of you, even though you're paying attention to what's going on and being quiet you kind of your passive picks up that she's walked from the bar she is a tall very thin elven woman with very long straight blonde hair and super pronounced ears uh it's almost as though her hair is swept back and and styled in a way to almost accentuate her ears she is wearing what looks like a a very simple chef's outfit actually just she's actually in in the process of taking off an apron and wiping off her hands and as she walks up to you she says hello i was told that you wanted to speak with with me can i help you i'd love to see the axe of mirabar in action i look her right in the eyes i say that uh really that's a very dangerous idea i'm you should really find someone who knows what they're doing and can actually show you around if that's what you want you mean like a, guide to the Northern Wall? like a guide to the northern? Like Sorry. I start saying it at the same time as he does, and then I realize he's already halfway there. <laughs> and, and, just... and like a beat later, Jonathan the Magimuscular, like head up from his bed. I'm oh, a guide. Oh, you know, you guys got it. You're like we're all like, this food is so good. Travancore, what's your passive insight? Oh, mine's very good. Yeah, but since you're the only one who's managed to not speak up in this moment, Bernie and tra- said exactly. Bernie's paying attention. She just is letting Travancore do the talking. So passive oh, yeah. is just like ten plus the stat, right? Ten yes. plus insight, yeah. Okay, so twelve. Okay, she doesn't miss a beat, despite the fact that the like two of your companions start to parrot along with you. She's still she's regarding all of you, but she kind of continues to speak to you, but she doesn't even blink when this happens and said a guide for the northern wall okay well you're not gonna want to go now it's it's pretty late you can go look for one in the morning were you looking for some rooms yeah we we like to say the night okay two rooms four rooms how many rooms were you looking for how much are rooms a night uh it's uh, one gold per person each room has outfitted with two beds and it comes with breakfast in the morning four rooms yeah four rooms I, f- I figured as much for the, the your companions. And she points down at Shadow and Coco Snoot. Okay, oh, I'll push I'll... the beds together. Well, no. you're <laughs> welcome to try, but I would suggest not putting the, the beds out into the hallway or else there will be problems. Uh, we'll get that added to your your tab and the breakfast in the morning. You'll, you'll just want to settle up for the dinner before we go up. I'll, I'll make sure the, the servers here know. Thank. Was there anything else I could help you with? Is there anything else on the list? <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's it. I think I covered all of the details. No, you've been most kind. A dinner's really good, by the way. I'm glad glad to know. Uh, we were a little concerned about getting the deer in on time, so that's good to know. Thank you. And she walks away. Oh, I'm hoping I didn't mess that up, but I, I think I'm good. No, Bernie, I was talking about, like, making one big bed. Mm-mm. No. 
Not putting him in the hallway. Carlton, I love you very dearly. But if you roll over in the middle of the night and I die of asphyxiation, I will We have be four rooms. Unhappy. <laughs> there, there's four rooms. There's four of us. I thought you wanted us all to sleep in one big bed. No, I said I'm pushing my beds together. Oh, okay, you have fun oh. with that. Oh. Yes, okay. I'm, I'm spread eagling. This isn't a Krakow situation. Got it. Ah, oh, it's a star fishing. Yeah. I love star fishing. It's so comfortable. Oh, it's so, so good. But seriously, why are Wolverine Jeeves and Cyclops' rooms attached? Sorry. Tangent. Was there anything else you wanted to do, or were you going to finish and get your rooms and retire? It's still relatively early. It's like dinner time for you now. So you still have many, many hours that you're normally used to being up. But unless there was something specific you wanted to do, you're more than welcome to enjoy the evening and retire. I like that plan. Just general yeah. hanging out and then retiring. Thank you. Travancore might take a few moments to sort of sketch out, like, uh, the tavern, like, in his idle thoughts before he heads up. Okay. Are you just sketching out the tavern, or are you also adding patrons that are nearby? Um, trying to avoid looking at people's faces is not to draw attention to myself, but I might draw, like, their backs or whatever, their tables, but I'm focusing more on the details of the walls and, and the bar and all that and the decoration. Sure. Give me a performance check. A doodle roll, if you will. I should know. Pretty much. I should do not have a great bonus for this. Artistic endeavor. 17. Hey! The architecture's spot on. And it, to anyone who's ever been here, it would be obvious from your drawing. And you very eloquently left the patrons kind of fuzzy as just, you know, as, as though whoever is looking at your drawing is focusing on the same details that you are and ignoring the faces and ignoring the, the people around you. Um, and it's very nice. It's very, I can't remember the name of the artist that did that through the, the, the glass windows into the diner. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, though. I can picture it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's an iconic painting. Like, yes. It's like, and the fact that I can't remember that. Oh, I'm going to I don't just, remember either. It makes I'm you feel go, any better. Yeah. I'm going to. Just Google this right now because I feel horrible. I feel I like derailed our game for an art history lesson, right? How appropriate. Nighthawks yeah. by Edward Night Cooper. Ah, but she. So you know what I'm talking about, where like the architecture yeah. of that big window is kind of the focus, even though you can see people. It's that style, and it's very nice. And now for for everybody else at home who just was just like Nighthawks by then. I've Googled it for you. Thank you. All right. Uh, you all you don't upstairs. need to tweet at any of us. Please don't. Please don't. Or do. I don't care. I know like that art, I Googled though, it. you you can tweet at us and tell us your favorite artist. That would be lovely. Tell tell us what style you would like to see Travancore draw in next. <laughs> you finish your meal. You finish your drinks. It's a nice, relaxing evening. Um, the total for the meal uh, is 11 gold. Oh, that's oh, perfect. That's not bad. I'll let you decide how you want to split that. You head upstairs. Jonathan's got it. Okay. Are you sure? Is there anything else any of you would like to do, or are you just going to retire in your bedrooms for the evening? As soon as we get up into our rooms, Jonathan the Magimuscular does some quick math. Would a 30-foot radius envelop all of our rooms? No. These are nice-sized rooms with with two beds in them each. Uh, you could get you and one other person. Okay. Before we go to bed, it's like, hey... Uh, Jonathan the Magic Muscular invites all of you for a nightcap real quick. Okay. Come, come in, come in, come in. Okay, sure. You've got booze in there? Uh, sure. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And do you? At once You're not going to try and cast Hellbond, are you? They asked us not to do that. Open spellcasting. 
This is and as Jonathan the Magimuscular closes Conceal. the door. Close spellcasting. Wait, I'm gonna have you in my head for the next hour? I just wanna brush my teeth and poop and go to sleep. Oh, wait, are you trying to like share our dreams? No. Jonathan the Magimuscular uh, just wants to make sure that while we're dosing off, you know, if assassins or some of those armed folks downstairs creep into somebody's room and try to murder them, you know, and cast silence or something, then we're covered. When did everyone in our party become so paranoid? And bougie. I don't know. I think it was the delicious food. I think we're being plied. Anyway, a moment. And Jonathan Man Musker begins casting. Bernie's gonna walk out of the room. Okay. Do you walk back in before he finishes? No. She's gonna walk down to her room. She thinks everyone is being paranoid. And she thinks... The behavior is rude because we're treating people in a way that if people acted like this around us, we would feel hurt. Bernie walks out of the room. All right. Pop-ups. Boop, 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 boop. Dink. <laughs> Bucks. Dink. <laughs> is, is Shadow with me? Was Shadow invited to the hell or no? Of course. Shadow, catch me, catch me up. And then Travancore walks out. I will take notes for Travancore. I'll tell him what happens. Ah, Don't you worry. It's always good to talk to you, Shadow. How, 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 how's, how are you? How's, the, how, how's being a bear? It is cold here. I do not know if you noticed or not with your lack of fur. You are all naked morats in the eyes <laughs> of Shadow. The fire bear. <laughs> Bucks cocks his head. Well, back to you, Bucks. You're a feathered mole rat. <laughs> so Flying feathered mole rat. <laughs> All right. Um, well, this is just uh, just a precaution, and uh, I think I think we're good for now. Good night, guys. Thanks for inviting me. Is there a <laughs> survey I have to take after this call ends? There, you might be chosen for a uh, for a quality of service uh, uh, quiz shortly after. It'll just take a second. It's just a couple of questions on your uh, Telbond experience. So about like after it gets like we all go to our separate rooms. He. Tells Shadow about the Telbond experience. I wait for a few minutes, and we're all starting to bed. I'm like, "Hey, Jonathan, what you thinking about?" Huh? Well, the other reason why Bernie walked out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> if you must, Carlton, if you must asleep. <laughs> if you must know, I am considering uh, as I go to sleep, I am doing equations in my head for expanding the range and scope of my teleportation skills. Uh, I've still got some work to do, but I think I might not only be able to take us to any place, I think I might also be able to take us across the plains. But I still I still am, if you, if I start thinking in the Telvond and I start speaking in equations, just, just let me be. Okay, that sounds good. That's cool. Uh, but, but, uh, um, I might, I, I, I would like to speak up now. Hi. Oh, hey, Bucks. <laughs> that's it. That's it. no, no. I just, uh, um, oh, I, I, the trip here was very quick and a little disconcerting. And Jonathan, I, I know, buddy. I know. I'm sorry. Did you ever wonder how our friends are going to be sad when we're dead and they're still alive? Because they live at like a hundred thousand years older than us. I think about that sometimes. Wow, this got dark super fast. Wow. Holy Jonathan, cow. the magic muscular, has thought about it some too. It's a, it's kind of unfortunate that I am given this task and this calling of discovering the world of magical power, but only given a fraction of the time of uh, of other beings. But I feel like I'm I'm making progress. So the Muscular has certainly come a long way. So have you, Carlton? I feel like 
our mandate is to make as positive an impact of a wor- in, uh, as positive an Im- an impact in the world as we possibly can with the time we have. But right, like, but like, let's say I die of old age, and Bernie's still alive. Who's she gonna yell at? Carlton. She will. She will remember you fondly. But she will find someone else. She will move on. She will be fine. All but right, because she'll find someone you, else to scold? Yes, but in a different way from you. All right, cool. Your, your scoldings will be special to her, I think. Oh, that's fine. I just want to make sure she has someone to scold. You'll have children. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> Carlton Jr. <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> the, grand, the grand Carltons are going to, you know... Love, love, and fear a little bit the visits of uh, of Auntie Bernie. Well, the Tanks family. <laughs> Carlton is the only one of us who has an actual last name, or at least goes by his last name. This is true. Oh, yeah. Burn, Bernie Skewburns. Sorry, Tanks is more prominent. So, as as the two of you uh, continue your your short long distance conversation <laughs> into the night until the Telbon fades away, uh, we're we're the walkie talkies in in our bed, the, the next door neighbor's bedrooms, the tin cans with the string. Yeah. So I think. Travancore will have accessed uh, Murray from the Bag of Holding at some point. Before Yo, he left. what's oh. been forever? What's going on? Hey, it's hey. been a while since we, we've talked. Yeah, uh, you're still alive. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Beats, uh, well, not to say the alternative, but uh, it's good to be alive. Um, Question for you. Um, you ever been so to I'm Mirabar here for. Be- you ever been to Mirabar before? Hmm. Yes. Is it still cold as tits? Well, we're here now, so you tell me. Well, we're inside, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 terrible. Yeah, that's a, that expression up here. That's the second I've heard it. Ah, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know where I picked it up. It just seemed to come into my head. Some days, you know, the churros are just too tasty. Oh, uh, did you ever get those churros? That you like dip in the the chocolate sauce? They get this. They don't even have the chocolate sauce now because it's winter. What? It's it's pretty messed up. Um, Carl was telling me about it. Man, world's gone to shit since I turned into a skull. Yeah, well, isn't that always the way? So anything I should know about Mirabar while we're here? Besides the cold? Yeah. Hmm. Well, it was a really long time ago that I was here, so I don't know if it's still a thing. Oh, try me. There's this rumor that all the dwarves, they're not actually mining anything. They just killed this really, really ancient dragon. They just keep grabbing stuff from his horde. <laughs> if true, that's awesome. I know, right? It's probably it's probably a lie. It's probably like a vicious lie. That sounds stupid. And they also, you know, they, they come up with gems and all kinds of other stuff. And people would get, like, suspicious after a while, you'd think. You know, how come everything you mine out of the side of the wall comes in coins? It doesn't make any sense. But, you know, it's kind of fun. Tropical ponders on this for a second. I'm pretty sure as a player that dwarves are also relatively long-lived compared to, to humans. Is that right? Compared to humans, absolutely. Yeah. Depending on how long ago Andy was here, it's possible that some of these uh, these dwarves are uh, are still around, or at least someone who knew these dwarves would be around. You still do not know how old Murray is, so I right. I could, could not answer that question ago. quite yet. How old are you, Murray? I'm old. <laughs> I'm t- super old. Gotcha. Travancore tries to think back in his favorite history class when he wasn't staring out the window or trying to flirt or whatever while Shribog Bonaventure was uh, was tutoring him in, in Faerun's history, like trying to think of a landmark that would be like 300 years ago in Faerun's history. And Travancore is going to throw that name, whatever it is, that he remembers. I'd have to do a history check to see what it is or... No, let's, let's save you the, the trouble, you know, because it's not the... 
it's not the specifics. You're just looking to see if Marie knows. Yeah, you throw out a noble that you knew that that was a, a notable, considering where you are, somebody from the Sword Coast that you knew from, from up north that did something in history. And Murray's like, yeah, seemed like a nice guy at the time. Okay, so it's at least that old. Huh. Dwarven gold. That's, uh, that's a nice bonus. Not the primary mission. But, oh uh, yeah, what you here for? Oh, family business. Ah, oh, it's the worst. Yeah, dude. You never like... want to mix family and business. They always ask you to, like, do stuff for free, and then they're like, well, you're family, and you should, you know, do this for free, and we shouldn't have to ask you to, you know, finger a death somebody just because, you know, and then pay, have to pay you to do that just because, you know, you have to, like, pay for components and things. You just, you should do it because we're the family, and no, you know, the components are expensive. Guilt's a hell of a motivator. You know, it's funny, I'm supposed to be a king one day. But, like, I feel more like a janitor. I am cleaning up so many messes from from a thousand years of, well, poor choices on the individual level that have led to prosperity on a, on a country level, I guess. But you're trying to clean it up, right? Well, someone's got to be the janitor. Man, I'm not... That's the thing. I'm not a viceroy. I'm not an ambassador. I'm, I'm a janitor. I'm a very high-status janitor, mind you, with very nice things, and uh, and I speak seven languages, but I am a janitor nonetheless, and at the end of the day, maybe I shouldn't be so hoity-toity about it. It's it's work that needs to be done. It's mostly honest work, but it's still kind of my my job. Listen, buddy, I've met plenty of people who are in charge of stuff, from, like, you know, just the head of a household all the way to kings, and you, you figure out real quick the ones that are actually willing to do the work to make things better, the ones that, like, feel like you, like, all I'm doing is, you know, putting out fires and doing the janitor stuff and cleaning up shit, like, those are the people that are actually trying to do the right thing, the ones that are like, I'm king and you should all do the stuff for me, meh, 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 those are the people that you gotta watch out for, so I think as long as you're, you know, trying, it's okay. Yep. Thanks so much, Andy. Is there anything we can do for you? Well, it'd be nice if I wasn't in the bag. I, I thought you were going to, like, take me out every day. I thought we were going to, this was going to be like a regular thing. Us, like, chatting away, you and me and the other two, the other three, the, the other four. How many of them are you? There, there were a lot of you the last time. There's three other human, Elvenoids, and uh, three animal companions. Yeah, you well, party in half. Wow. Alright, so here's what's going to happen. Rather than keeping you in the bag, you're going to be on my person at all times. I'm adding you to my inventory. Oh great, I'm in your inventory. This is yeah. great. I gotta tell you, there's one thing that I've always... And then ten minutes are up. Oh. With that, Travancore is going to... Well, now he has to call Murray tomorrow. He's going to go to bed. Okay. Bernie, was there anything you want to do before bed? No, Bernie locks her door like a smart person. Coco Snoop gets in one bed, she gets in the other, and time for sleeping. Okay. You all have a long rest without issue. Wake up refreshed in the morning. The beds are comfy. The room is clean. The uh, the room that you're in actually faces the rising sun, so you get the nice golden light waking you up gently in the morning. It is a really nice room. Bernie, I'm going to say you're first because you went to bed first and you didn't have people in your head chatting with you and you didn't stay up and talk to Murray. So you're a few minutes ahead of everybody. Uh, I want you to roll a perception check. Unless you don't want to go downstairs without your friends. All right. So in keeping with slowly but surely increasing, that's a 10 with my bonus. Okay. You come walking on downstairs a few minutes ahead of your your friends 
and you see that it's the, the, the morning here in this giant inn that you've stayed in. There is one person in the entire downstairs. There is a lone figure at the table, back to the wall, on the far side of the room, staring right at you. Bernie's gonna, like, do the thing where someone's staring at you, and you are like, this is awkward, and she waves, because, good morning! And she, like, walks over to the bar to, like, order tea. There is nobody behind the bar. (sighs) Hello? Hello? I don't think you're gonna find anybody, not until we've had a chat. Um, sure. Hi. And you are? Well, I'm the one you summoned. Correct? Ah, yes. Didn't know that you'd be an early riser. You have to in my line of work. I assume so, yeah. I'm Bernice. Bernice? Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting name. You can... Call me Bernie. It's good to meet you. I'm Carissa Kinneboro. It's been a while. <sighs> Hello, Auntie. <gasps> Whoa! <laughs> wow! And with that, we'll pause. And next time we you get can't together. Just drop that bomb on us and <laughs> no, pause. she can't. Wow. It's the fucking best way to end the episode. Yes! Wait, that's why I had like one more minute. With that, we will pause. We will come back next Christopher, time. Christopher, I forgot to take my swig. Here we go. Yeah, for that. Yeah, that's worth yeah. it. <laughs> All right, very quickly. Ha! For experience, um, <laughs> you froze your use off for naked mole rats. For all of you looking like naked mole rats. <laughs> and for that ending right there, I'm going to give you a total of 5,000 experience to split between the four of you. And the next time we get together, that conversation will continue. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Christopher Waterston, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.